0: Hi, Liz.
1: (laughs) Wait a minute.
0: (laughs) No, we're starting. We're going raw on this. We are raw. We are bloody
1: raw and ready. Okay. Hi, (laughs) Liz. Are you bleeding? (laughs) No, I'm not bleeding. No, I'm not bleeding, but I think we're doing really well so far. Yeah. I wanted to start
0: recording because I would like everybody to hear the (laughs) pre-recording masterpieces that come out of your mouth. Like, have you ever thought about hairspray?
1: Well, I you roll in, you come in, your, your hair is very nice and it's clean. It's clean. And so it's, yes, it's, it's, there's little flyaways. I really aways. have nothing but hair envy for your, you, mm-hmm. but hairspray would be a thought now and then <laughs> just to like get those flyaways down. And now I'm going to get like people going, you're the one with the flyaways. <laughs> <laughs> but I would just looked at you like, mm, hmm, nice hair. There it is. Just wanted y'all to hear what I'm dealing with. Yeah, we're starting raw. I think that's a good idea today. Why
0: not? You look pretty in pink, though. Thank
1: you. Look kind of
0: matchy matchy in a way, but not. Yeah. It's kind of bulky, but I don't care. Yeah. But you look good. Nice to see you. We just rolled off the floor. It's a Monday, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And we're going to have a little discussion before Mm -hmm. the meat of the podcast comes on in a moment that was pre recorded. So. You are a HuffPost media darling at this point. (laughs) They have done some more projects with you, Mm -hmm. including some TikTok things that I don't know how that worked on Instagram. I don't know. Just waiting for those
1: to come in. Yeah.
0: Yeah, But you did last week a Twitter Spaces Mm -hmm. talk. Right. And so what that is, is you go on Twitter and they interviewed you again. So our friend Noah and Danielle at the HuffPost, you were on with them live and- they recorded it, and we're going to play that in a minute, but let's talk about it.
1: Well, we are. I How mean, do you feel about it? I feel great about it. I First of all, Noah was the um, the person who got me to do this article, or not got me, he didn't reach out to me, I reached out to him, and then he goes, well, that was good, now maybe you can actually give me some details on this story. I thought they reached out to you. I can't remember. Oh, maybe maybe you pitched it. Right, right, right. I, yeah, That's right. The, I have a publicist person that pitched yeah. it. And he went, great beginning. And I thought, gosh, this is a great story. It's all set. And he comes back with, nope, I'm going to need a lot more than Keep that. Going. So this is not about telling our story over right. and over again, but about allowing our listeners and you people that we adore and love. You people. To you people to, that are <laughs> our listeners and friends to sort of... Each time you talk about something like this, you open up a channel in your own self that says, I have a story to share. It is about the story, but it's also about owning yourself and really expressing yourself in the world and having courage and not being afraid and being afraid and doing it anyway. Right. What I loved about
0: it was not only did you speak very sweetly of me. I did. You did. It was very sweet. I, I was moved. Um, even though it's a story we've lived, even though it's mm-hmm. a story you've written, I've written with you, mm-hmm. we've talked about, et cetera, over and over again, it's just every time it's very empowering to the point that you just said, it's less about our specific journey and right. more about shining that light on everybody else's specific journey Mm -hmm. because, you know, Noah's questions were really wonderful and a Mm -hmm. few that we haven't kind of talked about before. And you were very, very vulnerable and very wise and very honest. And I think anytime you open yourself up, it allows others to do Mm -hmm. the same. It reminds us all of our power and kind of why we're Mm -hmm. here and that life isn't always easy or by the book, but that how you handle it and what you learn from it is very important.
1: Right. And I keep going back to the word courage because Mm -hmm. that of all of the things that I've learned through all of this is the courage to accept and be myself. And if I can let that be something that I can give you as a gift to just take a moment and know that you have your own obstacles really in Mm -hmm. life that – say, no, you have to stay in line here. Because if you step out of this box, this alignment that society or even yourself, and and that's what I talk about in this interview, is about accepting yourself, Mm -hmm. uh, that that we've set up for ourselves. And we go, this is who I am, and that's how it's going to be. And even sometimes we don't even know that we're doing that because I was unaware of it you can't plan life. You can try, but you're going to need to think and be and feel on your feet and react on your feet. And we don't always do it well, but when we do it from our heart, it comes off and it is genuine. And then you get to be more and more yourself so that you can share that with others. So I just think about the projections
0: that we all have so quickly about other people and their lives and and how they spend them and and listen for the message Mm -hmm. really, I think Mm -hmm. is is empowering
1: because loving people for who they are is right. why we're here, right? Um, and loving ourselves for who we are mm-hmm. is why we're here. So I think we're ready to to go, and we're just gonna yeah. we're gonna we're gonna run this. And it's also on uh, Huffington Post Twitter feed, and <laughs> um, y'all are welcome. We'll say in the show notes we'll have all of the links and all of the information you might need to yeah. to go and listen to it.
0: Okay. All right. Thanks to our friends at HuffPost. Thank, Thank you. you, Noah. Thank you, Danielle. Thank yes. you, Liz. Y'all listen and enjoy. We'll see you next time. And I love you. And I love you. Hi, again. My name is Daniel Datu, and I'm the deputy editor at HuffPost, deputy audience editor at HuffPost. Thanks so much for tuning in to our Twitter spaces titled, I was with my husband for 37 years. Then I fell in love with a woman. This HuffPost personal essay was written by our guest writer, Liz Hilliard. And we're lucky to have her join us today to share more of her story. This discussion will be led by Noah Michelson, who is the head of HuffPost Personal. And now I will hand it over to Noah to kick things off.
2: Thanks, Danielle. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this Twitter space. I'm super excited to do this one. I am the head of HuffPost Personal. It's a section at HuffPost where we have real people, just like Liz, writing about their real lives, oftentimes their crazy lives. Today we're talking to Liz Hilliard. Um, I'm just gonna give a quick brief bio. She is an author, a motivational speaker, a podcast co-host and the owner and creator of Hilliard Studio Method, which is an internationally renowned core centric total body workout described as Pilates on steroids. And she likes to use the motto, be powerful. And that helps to encourage and empower women of all generations and fitness levels to accept themselves as they are and to keep moving. She's also the author of the HuffPost personal essay. I was married to my husband for 37 years. Then I fell in love with my best friend, which we're going to be talking about today. We published it last year, uh, last summer. It has over 1.5 million views since then. It's just a colossal um, hit. And I think it really speaks to the fact that people were curious about her story. There's so much going on. I'm going to sum it up and then we're going to get to Liz. Basically, at 64 years old, Liz got divorced from her husband of 37 years. She fell in love with a woman for the first time. And that woman happened to be her best friend, her employee, and 26 years younger than her. And her name is Lee. And all of that basically reconstructed her life authentically with a brand new purpose. It's a lot to go through, especially after you've already lived a very full life. So let's get right into it. Liz, thank you so much for being here.
1: Hi, Noah. Hi, Danielle. And hi, everyone. I am really thrilled and honored to be here. It's
2: great to hear from you. Yeah. So let's just go back to the beginning. When Lee showed up in your life, um, you were about to go through a divorce. You had just opened the fitness studio. She shows up. What drew you to her? What was it about her that made you think there's something different here?
1: That's a great question. Actually, I opened the studio well before we had a relationship. Um I opened the studio 13 years ago, and then this didn't happen until five years ago. So she was one of my very first employees, and I had absolutely no um, no romantic feelings toward her whatsoever. We became best friends. Um, we also were simultaneously sort of going through a divorce. At the same time, I was writing my book, Be Powerful, Find Your Strength in Any Age, and she was helping me uh, as far as sort of my right-hand woman, you know, helping me put my thoughts together, probably editing it better than my publisher in some ways. And it just opened, I think, well, it opened me up. And looking back on it, I think it opened both of us up, sort of excavating deeper feelings about what it means to be powerful.
2: How quickly did it evolve from, you know, sort of this this best friend, this partner, um, this employee, how quickly did it start to move towards something where you were thinking, actually, this feels a little bit different. This is not the same as just my other friends.
1: This happened in a lightning flash. And and not, this is not, I wish I could make this stuff up, but it felt very much terrifying. And as I said in the article, healthy all at once. And it hit me I think possibly I had these feelings that were deep, deep inside of me. And I just wasn't aware of them. But it happened one afternoon when I was in my studio and she came up to me, threw her arms around me, as she always does, because she's a hugger type person and my best friend. And she said, hey, I've got your back. But as I said in the article, it was never about what she said. It was about the electric current that just literally shocked me and threw me away from her. I pushed her away from her, from me. And that caught me by surprise. And the the first thing I thought was, uh, I am probably insane. Second of all, I'm definitely not a heterosexual and I need to go into therapy stat. So it was crazy. I mean, I, I, I honestly had a hard, difficult time with that moment. But I also immediately, because I don't leave things as, uh, as they are, I'm a, I'm a person that deals with it right then. Once I was over my shock, I immediately contacted her once I walked out of the room and didn't talk to her again for a minute and said, meet me for dinner. And when I did, I just had to tell her my feelings. And I said, I don't know what this means. I, something is different about it. And I might have a romantic feeling for you. So we're going to get this out front because, A, I'm your boss. Okay, think about that. That's a big deal. This is everything you can do wrong in the workplace. Uh, I judgment, I hear you, boy, I should be massively judged on this. Plus she was a woman. I'd never been with a woman. And plus she was 26 years and still is 26 years, my younger, because we're still together. And it was just everything in the playbook you're supposed to not do, right? It's everything in the playbook of life. I was breaking society's rules, but most, also I was really an HR nightmare and I had to get it out and I had to say it fast. And unbeknownst to me, she actually had the same feeling, sort of. But this was like, whoa, okay. And we decided to go forward and explore it.
2: Before this happened, you had never been with a woman. Obviously, you were married for 37 years to a man. Were there ever moments in your life before this, though, where you thought, well, maybe I might be bisexual or curious or just not heterosexual? Or was this literally the first time you had ever felt attracted to a woman?
1: I wish I could say I had been attracted to women before because to me, looking back on my life, I feel like I had closed the door and assumed a role, you know, and I think a lot of us do that. I had never been attracted to a woman. I believe now very fervently that we are all able to be attracted to any human being that speaks to our heart no matter what their gender is. And that this opening that happened to me was so shocking because I had had this, this feeling that I myself was only a heterosexual, never considered that, that fact. No, I had never had that feeling. Um, I don't know what I missed out on there, you know, but this is a feeling that I've, I had a great marriage until it wasn't for several years. And then my husband and I had a, it was time for us to split. We both knew it, but When I look back on all my relationships with with the men in my life, which my husband was an incredible relationship. And to this day, I'm very thankful for the moments we had together. There was nothing like this I've ever had. And I'm so grateful that it happened to me at 64. And now I'm 69 and could not be ever. I've never been this happy, ever. Ever.
0: We all know how important it is to fuel yourself just right every morning. Liz, what's your jet fuel? It's the
1: HSM smoothie, of course. Obviously. But also,
0: I've got a new little thing You've called... got a new friend from Saqqara Life. The metabolism super powder is your go-to. It fires up your metabolism, curbs sugar cravings, helps ease bloat,
1: and is it delicious? Oh, it's so good, especially in your coffee. It's got ah, kind of a great taste. Dump it in the coffee,
0: it. blend it Dumb up Dump it in the coffee,
1: blend it, and be excited because you're going to love it.
0: <laughs> Y'all go to saccarlife.com. When you check out, you'll receive 20% off your order, which is a great deal, by using the code X-O-Liz, HSM. That's X-O-L-I-Z-H-S-M for 20% off your order at sakarlife.com.
2: You know, We're going to get to this a little bit later, but just the idea I think that you talk a lot about is that that you just kind of have to go for things in your life because you don't know what's going to happen until you do do it. Um, And you're a great example of that. Do you think the fact that Lee was also going through a divorce, that Lee also had never been with a woman um, or in a relationship with a woman, sort of that you were walking these mirrored paths in a way, that that also helped you to go through this experience do you think it would have been different if say she had been a lesbian or if say she had been in a marriage still how do you think you both walking on the same path helped you to make this a reality
1: I think you're correct I think that we were both in a really tough time in our life we were best friends and you know if you have a best friend in your life you share your intimate details of Pain, happiness, all of the above, and we were. Now, had she been a lesbian, I think I would have had a judgment. I, I, I really am embarrassed to say that now because I am very open. I that's not who I am now, but I think at that time in my life, I didn't understand that love is really love, and that is, of course, you know, a hashtag these days. But it doesn't matter. But so that might have hmm, might have stopped me. That is a great question. or it might not have. What I shared with Lee and what I share to this day with Lee is an openness that transcends all of it. And, And I would hope that no matter what station she was in life, that we would have, well, that we would have at least talked about these feelings. Now, if she'd been happily married, I would have Cool. I that I don't think that would have been a great idea for me to tell her how great, how much I was feeling this for her. I don't know. I would I would hesitate. First of all, remember all the reasons. I was her boss. I still am her boss. I was older than her. This would have this would have been a worse HR nightmare, right? So yes, I, I just feel like we all have to, or I hope we that we all in this day and age are thinking about if we're going to really be authentic and be ourselves to really question our own motives and our own stations, literally that we put ourselves in life and decide if that, is that really working for me? Is this really who I am? And, and we questioned that together. And we happened to be in the same path of getting out of marriages and not knowing what, what was next and, and, and that the love we felt either transits transcendent or maybe it was
2: there originally it's just
1: it's very hard for me to say because i love her completely and i I think i always have looking back
2: it's super interesting you know you make the point that that your love for her sort of transcended everything and that was sort of the guiding light for you to move forward with your relationship for you to move forward with your life but you also talked about how at that point if she'd been a lesbian there might have been judgment what kind of judgment did you have to deal with yourself when you finally sort of admitted to yourself, I'm in love with a woman and I'm a woman? How did you then come to terms with your own sexuality?
1: I just want to laugh now because I, again, was, okay, I'd been living a long life with a, with a man for a very long time. And I was, I was conditioned to believe that I was heterosexual. There was no questioning it. Uh, I didn't dislike lesbians. As a matter of fact, some I had best friends that are lesbians. And so it wasn't a dislike or a discomfort around women who loved women. It was that I had put myself in a box that I was unaware that I had done. I, had I had the awareness that I do now, and I hope that people are bringing their kids up and we're all starting to pay attention to, we don't have to put ourselves in any sort of place. We are all loving human beings. I forgot the question now because I'm, I'm like, I can't imagine life without Lee now, but I did live 64 years believing that I could never be a lesbian and actually also going, wow, what do they do? <laughs> you know, I mean, speaking of like, like what? how does that work? You know, I mean, I was really in so many ways just ignorant about it.
2: Take me back to that dinner when you're at the table with Lee and you're about to tell her um, how you feel about her. What's going through your mind? And then what was her reaction when you told her? And what did you say? What was the actual line that you said to her when you admitted how you felt?
1: Again, it's, it just brings me back to laughter. Um, I was as awkward as you can possibly be. But again, I, I work best not best, but I work on raw emotions sometimes. I am not one to try to figure it out. I go straight at it. So I was raw. I, we were literally sitting on my patio after having dinner outside at night and I just faced her and I said, "Do you? Um, there is something that has changed in my, in my feelings for you. And it feels very intense. And, and, and again, I'm not sure these are exact words, but it feels like romantic love. And I would have thought she would have, you know, <laughs> jumped up off of the uh, chair and run back in the house and found her keys and left. But instead, she leaned in on that conversation and she was open. And I thought, wow. I mean, I really felt like a teenager. I felt like, I mean, I was tingling all over. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a chance here. You know, I mean, that old feeling you had when, gosh, I wonder if he likes me. I like him. Do you think he likes me? This was so high school feeling. It was very much, oh my gosh, this This is something. And then when she did lean in and we decided that right then, That we were going to explore it. And honestly, Noah, I can't remember the words that happened between us at that point, but I know very quickly we were exploring it and we were novices and we were, it was fun, it was romantic, it was sexy, and it was hilarious because I mean, shouldn't life be that way anyway? You know, I mean, I just love being like fresh at something that we both were. And we both had the sense of humor and we didn't know how to do anything, but we knew that we had romantic feelings. And so we were going to try to, we didn't Google it. Thank God, you know, we just went after it.
2: (laughs) I love that. I love that you weren't going to even try and do it by the book. You were like, this is, we never thought this would happen. And we're just going to see where it takes us. But you two are not the only ones involved sort of in this, journey on this landscape. You had just gotten divorced or you know, we're in the process of divorcing from your husband. What happened when you told your ex-husband at this point? What happened when you told him? And what was that conversation like?
1: I put that off as long as possible, Noah, and I was terrified. There's no getting around it. And I have learned, I have realized that courage is one of the greatest gifts that I have found through this process because When you are that terrified and that shaken and that unsure of yourself, it takes a lot of courage to go to somebody that you have loved for 37 years and to tell them that you have found love quickly. Okay. We were not legally divorced. We were separated. And that not only that, but that it was Lee and he knew Lee really well. And we were all friends. And I still recall walking in this room and I sat down and he handed me a glass of wine. I couldn't even hold the glass of wine. I just left it on the table and I just started crying and I, I started crying hard. And then I was like, I, I, when I choked it out, you know, when you have those raw feelings, you can't speak. That's pretty much when you're speaking your heart. And he knew me well enough that I, I was speaking my heart and I was raw and I was scared. And he could have done anything, by the way, because we were not divorced he could take any, all kinds of legal actions. I also had a business that I was responsible for that is was a thriving business that could have folded because I was in love with not only a woman, but my director of training at Hilliard Studio Method. And the, the full expectation of what could come down, meaning I could lose my business, lose all my friends, but most of all, break the heart of the one man that I have loved for 37 Well loved and respected, but not in a good marriage for the last few years. And his reaction to this shocked me to my soul today. It still does. He looked at me as I was, whatever, wallowing around, probably on the ground at this point. He felt like I was. And he said to me, oh, I really would love that for me. And while that could sound almost selfish, what I heard in that comment he said was that he got it. He understood it. He knew that our marriage had been dead for a long time and that that was still a possibility. And he didn't say those words, but I heard it when he said that I want that too. And so he did not turn around and go any of the bad words that that he could have said to me or any of the bad actions he could have done to me. Instead, because he's, he's, I'm really proud of him. And I'm proud of the fact that I was married to him. He turned it, and he said, "I will support you, and however you need me, I will help you and he He has, and he still stands by us. you know we're not best best friends, but we are friends, and we 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 stay together as friends shoulder to shoulder in this
2: you know when you say that he said or he intimated you know i would I would want that for myself too, and you said that could' be seen as selfish, but also can really be seen as generous and gracious that he could see the love that you had and he knew the best thing for you. In the midst of your split, after 37 years, the best thing for you was to be with Lee. That's a beautiful thing for someone to offer someone else, especially an ex. I
1: so agree with that. And he is, you know, again, I love and respect him to this day. We have a friend, we are are in this to win it. I mean, we, I am he's got people in his life now. We're with him a lot. Um no, he's an extraordinary human being. Um and I'm I'm so pleased. Yeah, I I knew what he meant. He was saying that is you and you should go for it. And I I not I don't know. I don't know that everybody would be as fortunate as I was to have a man say that to me. Um but for his reasons and because this is a man that understands justice and respect. And the love might have been different then and the marriage might have been dead for a long time, but this felt fresh and it felt fresh to me for sure. And it felt like a fresh place for the two of us to go. Wow, life can move forward. We don't have to fight this our thing. We, he used to say to me, let's just fight it out to the end. And I'm like, I don't really want to do that anymore, you know. <laughs> but You know, he saw freshness and he saw that there was life to breathe and and I really respect him.
0: Listen up. We're back with the deal. I'm cutting right to the chase. You're getting $10 off your next spray tan at No Shade Spray Tan. Check out, enter code NoShade, N-O-S-H-A-D-E at checkout and you're going to get $10 off. It is already so affordable. Are you kidding? Holly comes to your house, pops up a tent, customizes a color for you that will be beautiful on you. Trust me, Liz and I don't use the same color. She's obviously already much tanner than I am. And you just come out feeling great and fresh and glowy and healthy. And it's just a really great thing to do, especially this time of year, when you might be feeling a little dull and pasty. Got a new outfit, got a new event. You get lucky enough to take a trip to where you're gonna wear that new suit, pair of shorts, and you just wanna feel a little better. Nothing wrong with that. So I hope you'll take us up on it. Enjoy your $10 off at No Shade Spray Tan with code NOSHADE at checkout.
2: The other person that you write a lot about in your piece is your daughter, um, your adult daughter, who also worked with you at the studio. It sounds like you and Lee and her were sort of the three musketeers together. um, And you kept your relationship with Lee from her for a while. And you say it, you kept it longer than maybe you wish you had now. What happened when you told your daughter about it? And, and it sounds like in some ways that was the hardest person to tell.
1: That, that was the hardest thing I've ever done was to tell my daughter this because I was in a juxtaposition of being a mother of being a best friend and being a business, we were in business together. And the three of us, Lee, my daughter and myself were really and truly best friends because it was such a shock when we had this occur. I denied it. I denied it to me. I didn't deny it to her because I hadn't told her, but I denied it to me. And then I was trying very hard to deny it to Lee and she, I have to give her credit. She hung in and said, no, this is real. I, it was just, when I say it was terrifying it's the most terrifying thing to tell my daughter that I was in love with our best friend, Lee, not just my best friend, hers too, our best friend. And that, (laughs) you know, we'd been feeling this for a little while and that I hadn't told her. um, At first, the first 24 hours she held me and she said, I've got you, you're going to be okay. And then it dawned on her that pretty much our lives for the last few months or whatever had been a lie. And it was horrible for her. And so all kinds of work went into Now That's five years ago, right? So all sorts of work went into, you know, everything from therapy to, I had to finally admit, it was very hard for me to admit that I had used a lie to her, but I, I had lied to her by default. I had not spoken to her about it. But again, when you're a mom, when do you tell your child, even though she's your best friend, <laughs> when do you tell your child that A, your your dad and I are breaking up, This all kind of, you know, are broken up. She just found that out. And that B, and I'm in love with a woman, and it's your best friend too. And I, I was trying way too hard to protect her. So I've learned from that. I've learned a lot from that. Um, we try to protect our children as much as we can, but I say go hard and go raw. I mean, let the chips fall <clears throat> where they may. I wish I had earlier because the chips took a long time to fall, and it took we're we're on a really solid ground now, but it took a lot of forgiveness, a lot of pain. I mean, she's my only child, and and she is the one I love most in the world, and so it was very painful for her. And you know, as you can imagine, for me because I thought I had lost her, but I didn't. Uh, we we
2: worked it out. I love to hear that. There's so much wisdom in in what you have been saying today in your essay. I think. A lot of that wisdom was hard-earned. You know, you went through a really, I'm not going to say traumatic because there was so much love infused in what was going on, but a really tumultuous um, couple years where you were not just figuring out this relationship, the end of another relationship, your relationship with your daughter, but also figuring out who you are now. What is your advice to someone who's listening, who is going through something like this? Maybe they're, they're thinking about coming out Maybe they're thinking about starting a new career. Maybe they're thinking about telling someone they're in love with them. How do you think about being brave and living the life that you want to live? First of all, courage is not about
1: being fearless. Courage is about being terrified to your soul and doing it anyway. So my advice is, and, and I did all of the things probably that, and they taught me all these great lessons What I have walked away from that with, and and I've walked through it, and now that I have seen it, I have felt it, I have lived it, I have loved it, I have forgiven it, I've forgiven myself, the first thing you've got to do is when you find yourself in a position that just shocks you to your soul, and you're terrified, and you can't imagine how you're going to pull this off, whether it's with a business, with friends, with husbands, wives, if you're going to come out or whatever those reasons are, address it. Address it with yourself first, though. See, I had a hard time addressing it with myself. I had put my own self in a box where it took me a while to forgive myself and accept myself because I thought I had done something wrong. But what I had done was finally done what was right and become who I was authentically. Now, I had written a book about that. I'd literally written a book that said, what be powerful means is owning your own space, standing in it, accepting who you are and moving through your fear with courage. Okay. That's be careful what you write (laughs) and be careful what you say, because I've then lived it and it shocked me to my soul. So be with it, accept it. Yes, check it out with yourself. Make sure this is not just some whim that's going on like, oh, I've just had this attraction to this other person. Make sure and you'll know because it will hit you in a solar plexus way, in a a heart and solar plexus way that you simply can't imagine not doing it. When you find yourself in that position, don't worry about your fear. Your fear is going to be there and you can't push it aside. The more you push it aside, the more it grows. So you just look that bad monster in the face and you turn that monster into love because it will, when you face it, you walk through it, you address it and you accept it, then you simply become so much more than you could have ever possibly thought you were. I'm expanding now still as we all are and as we all need to because we're so much more than we think we are in this world and in, in our relationship with our children and our partners. The more we can be open with ourselves and open with others, even when it's raw, especially when it's raw and it's terrifying, the more we influence others to do that as well. And we all grow together. And that's what's happened in my not just friend group but really truly in my family my ex-husband my daughter his my my grandkids um but people now that are in my life that have been attracted to this and and trust, truthfully you will lose some people in your life when you do this and that's all right you also get to accept i think you have to accept that too because then you get to be really authentic really yourself and you will attract these amazing human beings that walk into your life and just light you up. And you will light them up. And that turns out to light up your community and the world as well. It's really imperfect. And I, 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 can't, I can't be happier with what I've done. And I forgive that it took, we dragged it through or I dragged it through the mud that long because my daughter and I both learned so much from it. And I've learned so much from it. And now love just wins,
2: period. Uh, I I hate the word inspirational because I think it's often misused and it's corny, but you are inspirational. And and if we can have sort of an ounce of the courage or the ability to sort of transmute terror into something good, I think we would be better off. 1.5 million people read your essay. I hope you're thinking about writing a book about this or turning it into a movie. It's just such an incredible story. And... I'm really happy that we got to talk about it today. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. And I want to thank everyone who came to listen. You can check out Liz's story on HuffPost Personal. Thank you again, Liz, for being here. And thanks to all of you for being here too. Until next time, take care. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to us today, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can now find our podcast on YouTube. Yeah.
0: If you liked it, please share, rate, and review. We love five stars. And we hope you'll work out with us online or in studio at hilliardstudiomethod.com.